the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. morning good morning again it's independence day happy independence day everyone today we do celebrate the day when a group of brilliant visionaries decided to be bold and start this thing called america the american experiment and you know just a few miles from here down in the city what we call old city today i guess to them it was just the city 245 years ago, the Declaration of Independence was adopted and signed today. 245 years ago today. Speaking of anniversaries, this weekend marks Jess and I's fifth year of being here at Plymouth Meeting Church. Five years. Five years. And also, not not to bring up bad memories or anything, but it was this weekend a year ago when we came out of a season of sheltering in place, we gathered back in person on uh, Independence Day weekend last year. But we're here today. We're here today. It's July 4th, 2021. Happy Independence Day. Happy July 4th to all of you. And I just wonder, as I think about Old City 245 years ago, I wonder what it was truly like to be down in this city when they were hashing things out, to go back and listen to all the debates and the conversations that were going on, to, to, to hear the different perspectives of revolution. Because certainly that meant something. That's, that meant something different to, to each person down there. I wonder if any of the founding fathers, if they felt like they were a their backs were just up against a wall. They felt like they were in an impossible situation. What's an impossible situation? That's, that's a situation where it feels like all of the options are the wrong choice. Now, doctors and nurses, police, firefighters, the military, astronauts, and so on, they, they get paid to, to train and navigate impossible situations. But it's also us too, the everyday person. The everyday person goes through impossible situations and sometimes it might be physical or health related. Maybe it's a relation, relationship or emotional, mental things that we go through. Sometimes life just really comes at us. Life gives us, gives us a bag of lemons and then it gives us a bag of exploding lemons and it's just like our faith just gets rocked sometimes. It gets rocked. And, and sometimes we just feel like we are in an impossible situation. Excuse me here. Let me get my clip going. All right. So today, today I want to share with you that Jesus talked about impossible situations. And he points us to two things. He points us to faith. And he points us to prayer. And so if you have your Bibles, you're invited to turn to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Uh, We're taking a look at verses 18 to 22. 
the scripture is also on your, your, your handout today as well. Somewhere on those pages, you'll find Matthew 21, 18 to 22. And so we are in Matthew 21. And uh, to kind of review what's going on in this part of the story, of the gospel story here. Uh, Palm Sunday was, was recent. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey and, and everyone's shouting out Hosanna and all of that. And then Jesus goes right into the temple and he cleanses the temple. If you remember that, that story, if you recall that story, Jesus goes in and, and he doesn't like what he sees. The father's house is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. There's, uh, there's money changers in the temple. High, high prices and, and taxes going on. They're, they're selling pigeons for, for sacrifices. This was, this was like needed to, to, to do, you know, sacrifices and stuff like that. Just like the charging an arm and a leg. And Jesus is just super upset. This is God in the flesh, God incarnate. He's, he's coming down, he's inspecting his temple, and he does not like what he sees. And he actually quotes Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56 says that the temple is for all people. It's not just for Israel, but it's for the foreigner too. The temple is to be a house of prayer for all people. And that's not what Jesus sees. The temple is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so there's this cleansing story there. After that, that day, Jesus doesn't stay in the city. He, he, he leaves town. He goes to Bethany, which is nearby, hangs out there for the evening. The next morning, and this is where our, our story picks up in verse, in verse 18, it's morning time, and Jesus is hungry. And so I don't know about you, but you know, maybe, maybe he had oatmeal or something, and it kind of it, it fills you up. But, like, if you're like me, oatmeal does not have a long shelf life. I'm full, and then it's like, by 10 a.m., all of a sudden, I am irritable. I'm, like, so hungry. Does that happen to anybody else? Maybe Jesus had oatmeal uh, that, that morning. He's, he's traveling back into town, and he is hungry. He is hungry. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And, you know, another time Jesus was hungry... It was when he was tempted in the wilderness by the enemy. Jesus' Jesus's identity was, was questioned. His identity was questioned. If you recall that story, the enemy says, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, it is that if question. A little doubt trap that the enemy is trying to get in there, trying, trying to win Jesus over, try, trying to get him to trip up if you are the Son of God. This is a common tactic that the enemy uses. The enemy wants us to question our identity or question God's identity. So Jesus was hungry in the wilderness. He is hungry here in Matthew 21. Verse 19 says, And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went over and found nothing on it, over, uh, only but leaves. Only leaves. Now, it is springtime. It is a bit early for figs, but, or I should say ripe figs, but there should be some type of fruit on this tree. Some type of fruit. What Jesus finds is this tree that's all leaves and no 
fruit. It's all show. It's just this pretty fig tree, but it has no fruit. And I'm reminded of, of Genesis, the fig leaves. When Adam and Eve sinned, when sin entered the world, they felt shame. They, they felt naked and humiliated, and they tried to cover themselves up with fig leaves. I've never tried that before. Um, might not be the most fun thing to, to use, but God sees this. He's heartbroken, but he steps in. He sacrifices an animal. And he provides redemptive clothing. Now, in our story today, Jesus is just a few days away from being sacrificed for the redemption of all things. The fig also just uh, reminds me of Israel. The fig tree is symbolic for Israel. And the Israel that we meet, the Israel that we know in our story right now, is they are a very fruitless Israel. It's like, where is their faith? these days. And actually reading this in context, you know, this, this story that we're into right now, uh, right before this was the temple cleansing scene. You know, the temple was a very hypocritical temple. It wasn't a house of prayer. The temple wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. And now we run into this hypocritical tree. This tree isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Israel isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. And you know what? First, we, we kind of fall away from God. We become fruitless. And then we start to, to wither. And Jesus said to the tree, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And so what's actually happening here, happening here is a living parable. Jesus, he doesn't like this tree. He's upset. He's like, ah, I, I don't like this right now. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Jesus curses the tree and it withers. Now, the curse is not because it's barren. The curse is because it is a hypocrite. Tree, you're a hypocrite. Verse 20. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? They're marveling at this. Now, sometimes when we come across the disciples and they're, they're marveling, they're astonished, they're amazed, sometimes we're like, man, they, they should know Jesus by now. I think of Peter. He walked on water. Like, this, they, like, they should be used, used to all this by now, right? But then, on the other hand, I'm like, no, you know what? Jesus is always amazing. Amen. I hope a billion years from now, an eternity future, like Jesus is still doing cool stuff. And I hope we are always amazed when Jesus does stuff. Like, I hope we are always marveling and we're like, Jesus, how did you do that so fast? Jesus is marvelous. Verse 21, and Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And so Jesus answers. He's like, this is certain. If you have faith, meaning like you, you know who God is, you're known by God, you trust, you, you have faith in God, you do not doubt God. You could say to this fig tree, 
it will happen. You can, you, can, you can do the same thing. You can say to the mountain, maybe he's pointing back to the mountain of olives, which is nearby. Maybe he's saying to the mountain here, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea, and it will be done. And what Jesus is doing here, you know, he's not, he's not pushing back on them marveling. He's, he's taking a, a discipling lesson here. This is an opportunity. He gives them a lesson on faith. Now, remember, the enemy wants us to be fruitless. The enemy wants us to wither. And again, a, a common tactic is that the enemy wants us to question our identity or God's identity. Our identity or God's identity. If the devil can just get us to unbelieve a little bit, just kind of slide a little way, we, we start to believe a lie about ourselves or about God. Maybe God isn't really that good. Maybe God really isn't that generous and graceful. Just a, just a little bit sliding to the un unbelief. It's a common tactic. And then Jesus gives an antidote to that. No, it's faith. It's faith. It's, it's faith that is wrapped up in relationship with God. Faith. Knowing who God is. Being in that covenantal, that beautiful covenantal relationship where you know Abba Father. You have faith or belief. Trust is another word there. You have confidence in God. And actually another great word into all of this is loyalty. Relational loyalty to God. You can be certain that if you have faith and loyalty in God, if you just know who he is, you know who your father is, and you don't doubt in who he is and what he is able to do, his power and all of that, if you don't doubt his goodness, if you just know and you know and you know, you can say to that mountain, move, and it will move. And we can say to have faith in Jesus is to be a Christian. Galatians 3, 7 says, those with faith are children of God. Ephesians 6.16 teaches that faith is a shield, a shield of faith, right? 2 Corinthians 5.7 says if we walk by faith, or we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 10.15 points out that faith is something that can grow. Did you know that? Faith can increase. It sure does. Faith can be tested. It can be neglected, abandoned, and, and so on. Now, the faith that Jesus is talking about here in our story in our text today, Jesus is talking about a good old hearty conviction, a certainty of belief, a certainty of belief. And he and he links this with doubt. Doubt. If you do not doubt God's identity and power, when you are in the fullness of relationship with God, and when you operate out of that fullness, when you are just there in God, in relationship with God, and you're operating and speaking out of that faith life, you will see God work. If something is God's will, it will happen. And Jesus gives us a metaphor about moving mountains, a metaphor about doing impossible things, impossible tasks. Jesus says, you will move mountains. And then in verse 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And so Jesus has given us a second antidote here. It's prayer. Out of the fullness of our faith, we pray, which means we talk to God. 
Talking is communication. Communication is a relational thing. We have relationship with God. And you know what? Freedom of doubt, freedom from doubt, that is a wonderful place to be. Freedom of doubt, meaning you have the awareness of, of God's will, and it's like a plumb line from Abba Father's heart to yours, and it's amazing, and, and, and as you just go throughout your day, you are filled with faith, and, and, and you talk to God, and you receive what you ask for. It's not a name-it-claim-it theology. It is, it is a uh, your-heart-connected-to-God's-heart kind of theology, and it's not out of pride when you ask for things. It's not out of unhealthy ambition when you ask for things, but it's just this relational prayer life, this relational uh, faith-filled life, this faithful life. It's just where you and God are lined up and you talk to God, you ask for things and it all flows from Abba Father's will. And you know what? You talk to God, you have faith, you pray, you take action. And it's amazing. We're not called to be like a fig tree here, the fig tree in this story hypocritical. And certainly we could go down that rabbit trail talking about how the church is full of hypocrites and all of that. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> we're, not, we're not called to be fruitless. We're not called to live a life that is withered up and scorched by the hot sun. The life that God intends for us to have is a life of faith that, that is all about knowing God Knowing the power of God, a life that prays through difficulties, a faith life and a prayer life that has this posture that believes and trusts in God, that, 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 that believes that impossible situations can be overcome. And you know what? The stories of our faith, the stories from our faith-filled life, our faithful life, the stories about our, our, our prayer times and things like that, they make some of the best ingredients for our testimonies. When we share with others, hey, I was in a hard place, but I was praying, I was digging around. I had faith, I had trust. I was clinging on to God, and you know what? You got me through. And we share that testimony. We, we rehearse our, our faith. Faith and prayer. They make some of the best stories when it's related to testimonies. And you know what? I want to share with you this morning a story from one of our own. His name is Justin Morgan. I want you to raise your hand if you know Justin Morgan. If you knew Justin Morgan. All right. Justin was born in 1916. He, did, he died in 1981. He was a member here at Plymouth Meeting Church. So, let me take you back in time. In your head movie, imagine it's August 1942. Justin, again, member here at Plymouth Meeting Church. August 1942, he leaves the United States. He goes to Europe with the U.S. Army to fight in World War II. He was a technician fifth grade, so he was some type of specialist. I'm not exactly sure what, what he was up to. Technician grade five. I heard that he was at Normandy, and you know what? He survived the war. Justin came back home on September 1945. 
Now, a month later, on October 24th, 1945, so he, he was only home one month, uh, but here at Plymouth Meeting Church, somewhere in this building, a group met, and they invited Justin to come share his testimony, to come share his story. And, you know, back in 1945, they took meeting minutes for, like, everything. And we actually have those meeting minutes. We still have them. I took a, uh, a picture of, of what I'm about to share with you. Uh, it's over here on this table, uh, if you want to check it out later. Uh, but this is what the secretary jotted down as Justin spoke and told his story. This is what it says. Justin Morgan was the speaker, and he read from Romans 8, 25 to 29, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Justin, who returned from the European Theater of Operations on September 22, 1945, gave us a summary of his experiences and itinerary from the time he left the States on August 2, 1942, until he returned. After listening to Justin relate how he witnessed for Jesus by helping arrange for prayer meetings and taking an active part during the meetings between active service, one can understand how it is he returned. After serving in all the European battles, as well as when he left for the service, he lived entirely by faith and prayer. He tried, by God's help, to get his buddies to do the same. While he was away, he was a real missionary from Plymouth Meeting Evangelical Church. Now, Justin, once again, he, he died in 81, so that was before I was born. I, don't, I didn't, know, didn't know Justin. Some of you remember him. Justin. Justin Morgan. Just a guy from, from here. A guy from here. From yesteryear. He, he lived by faith and prayer. And he tried to get his buddies to do the same. Faith and prayer. A life of faith and prayer. And he tried, by God's help, to get his buddies to do the same. Faith and prayer, they make great testimony stories. But here's the thing. You, you, you don't need to fight in World War II to be a hero. You don't need to wear a cape to be a hero. You don't need to be an emergency surgeon to know what an impossible situation feels like. Right now, today, Jesus invites you into this covenantal relationship. Relationship. He's nudging all of us today. Come, let's hang out. Let's do life together. Come enter my rest. Come enter the promised land. Come into a life of faith and prayer. Or just, in other words, come trust me and talk to me. Come trust me and talk to me. So tell, tell your fig trees today, your fruitless fig trees. Tell, tell your mountains, tell your fears, tell your doubts who your Jesus is. Who your Abba Father is is. Now here in closing, I, I have one question to ask you. Do you believe Jesus meant it when he said, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith? Did Jesus really mean that?
Did Jesus really mean that? Let's pray. Jesus, help us to grow in our faith life. May we trust in you, rest in you. Sometimes you're calling us to walk on the waters. Help us not to get distracted by the wind and the waves. Help us not to get distracted by comparing our lives with others. By comparing what we see on online, social media. Help us not to be distracted by the wind and the waves. May our eyes just stay locked on you. Father, you call all of us. Jesus, you call all of us. Spirit, you call all of us to go out on a limb for you. Help us to be brave. Help us to be bold. Give us that kingdom vision where we can just walk forward step by step in faith, where we can trust in you. And let us talk to you as we go. And thank you that, that wrapped up in all of this is not this great effort to try to earn more freedom or more liberty because we thank you, Jesus, that has already been accomplished. On the cross, you said it is finished. We don't need to earn this stuff. You give it away. It is a great gift that you give to your children. We thank you for it. We thank you for victory, liberty, freedom in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much. And may we believe that, that what happened on resurrection morning will happen to us. That, that who you say you are is really who you are. What you say you will do, you will do. May we trust in you, God. May we trust in your word. May we walk in this life of faith in you. We love you, God. We pray these things in your name.